Hello and welcome to CIO Leadership Live Australia. I'm Cathy O'Sullivan, Editor-in-Chief for CIO and CSO in APAC. Joining me on this week's episode is Peter Gasprovich, who was until recently the General Manager for IT at Dunray Group. Peter has led and managed IT functions and projects across various industries, including healthcare, security, and local government. And I'm delighted to have him as a guest on CIO Leadership Live today. Hello, Peter. Welcome. How are you going today? We're very well, thank you, Cathy. And I hope likewise you are as well. Yes, yes. Enjoying the sunny weather we finally have here in New Zealand. And I know it's certainly been hot across the water as well in Australia. And um, so, as I mentioned there, you know, you've worked in a variety of industries. So can you give us a bit of a potted history of your career to date? And, you know, how did you get started in IT in the first place? Well, um, yeah, that's a really interesting one. I actually was an aspiring police officer uh, when I was finishing school and a very good friend of my father's uh, senior detective decided that uh, I needed some advice and probably not best to join the police force at the time. Uh, gave me the advice to actually go and do some studying in probably computing. Back then we were calling computing rather than technology. Uh, so I went into university, did a course in university in computer science, never looked back. Um, so my first role was actually highly technical with a computer vendor. And from there, I really wanted to go into people leadership and uh, started looking for roles that were more aligned to people leadership and the leadership of IT within organisations. And that's how it all started for me. So um, we talk about transformation, you know, as if, as if it's a given, it's just something that's done within organizations, but I'm sure you'll know very well from your, from your many roles, um, leading and managing IT change, that transformation is not easy. So can you tell us a bit about your approach and how it's taken shape in, in your own career? Yeah, thank you, Cathy. Um, absolutely, transformation is complex, it's challenging, uh, requires processes, clear vision, a holistic approach, and without any doubt, strong leadership, not only from the CIO, but across the organisation as well. Um, definitely doesn't happen overnight, and a lot of resilience is required, in particular around the area of uh, people change. So the culture of the organisation, when you start changing people, you're in effect changing culture of the organisation as well. And if, there's, uh, if the transformation is going to have a higher success rate, uh, it, it's the people area that you really need to spend a lot of effort into or invest a lot of effort into it. Um, again, where, this, where there is strong leadership, uh, the transformation, it doesn't make the transformation easier, but it ensures better success rate. Uh, where the... Um, leadership is not that strong. You've really got to look at influence and the change of leadership. So what have been some of the big transformations you've been involved in in your career, the ones that kind of stick out that, you know, are there in your memory? Um, oh, gee, Kathy, they, every transformation has been uh, re required or been a challenging one and, and has required. But some of the ones that um, I think were of great value were where we put the customer 
and, and what we're trying to do for the customer at the centre of everything that we're doing, uh, they have been the most challenging. Um, and uh, challenging because you've got to integrate outside of the organisation as well as inside. So, um, you know, it, it, it's in the medical industry, uh, connecting with the customers, uh, con connecting with the hospitals, uh, building integration between their systems and the internal systems of ourselves as the vendor or supplier to them. They've been the big ones and they've been the most satisfying ones as well. So walking back, you know, from that end point of transformation, what kind of kicks off a transformation and are there any kind of key steps you think CIOs must take along the way? Yeah, obviously, you know, you have to identify the need for it. Um, and the need in the digital age, I think every organisation has a need for it and it may be of varying levels. But I think understand your customer as well as you understand your technology. Align with the business strategy, but don't go too far ahead. Uh, quite often as CIOs, we tend to sort of look at the whole picture and the organisation may not be ready for that. So you've got to sort of peel it back to what gives you a, a greater success rate uh, and then um, bite-sized chunks, I guess, is the way to do it. Not Never taking your eye off the ball of the end game either. Uh, embrace shadow IT. I know that this, you know, is a is a threat to a lot of people, but it shouldn't be. A lot of great innovation has come from shadow IT. What what you want to do is collaborate with the business unit that has uh, in, introduced shadow IT and make sure that you you know your cybersecurity is up to standard. The posture of that security is where it needs to be. Uh, make sure that there's the necessary tools. So. Be an enabler of it, uh, get on board with the program, and usually shadow IT is born, born out of internal IT not being able to deliver. So embrace it. Um, empower and enable your leaders and teams. Give them a safe space uh, to be able to work and, and deliver that innovation as well. Implement a change management strategy with flexibility and assess and adapt continuously. I think they're the things that, you know, we, we really have to make sure are in place. I'm sure there's others as well, but um, that, that's been my experience to date. I like that perspective of embracing shadow IT and how it's, you know, showing a flag to your IT team that they may not be delivering something for, for one of the teams internally. And look, another, you know, Change is hard, right? As humans, we're wired to, to fear change. So what are some of those challenges? You know, you've mentioned the people a bit earlier. What are some of those challenges that come up when you are transforming? And what? how do you, I guess, you know, anticipate those roadblocks and avoid them if you can along the way? Yeah. Um, I think it's important to be up for a CIO or IT leadership to be able to communicate in a business language. Um, so driving the, the, the blocks that usually come up is when it's been driven from a technology lens. Uh, ignoring culture, you know, don't ignore the culture that you need to address. Even though you might be wanting to change culture, you don't ignore it. it it's got to be addressed. 
Um, personal agendas, uh, fear of judgment. As I said earlier, you've really got to create a safe space for the team that are involved in the uh, transformation to make sure that they know they are supported. And, you know, if, if you're going through change, you're going to make some mistakes. Being able to recover from those mistakes is super important. Um, then there's lack of in, uh, alignment. And uh, as I said before, shadow IT can be a blocker if not addressed and embraced through collaboration with the business unit. Uh, a lack of skills and resources. Uh, everyone's going through transformation. So you're going to be competing for skills and resources uh, with other organisations as well. So how do you make yourself attractive to the people, not only as an organisation, but also the project that that's, uh, at, at a, you're about to embark on? Uh, resistance to change, there's always going to be, even, you know, IT leaders are going to be resistant to change. Uh, I heard, once heard a quote, uh, everybody, everybody's for change as long as it's not happening to them. And we're human as well, so it, it can affect us as well, absolutely. Uh, and then a lack of measurement and adaption. Uh, quite often just steamrolling ahead, delivering what we perceive needs to be delivered. We need to stop, take stock, measure and adapt if we need to. So do you see transformation then as something that needs an end date? You know, should it be viewed as a project with those milestones and deliverables? Or do you think transformation is just an ongoing development within any business? Yeah, a, a really interesting question. I think organizations who are very mature and, you know, the, the main part or the first part of their transformation journey is behind them. Uh, they will find a way to continuously, call it continuous improvement, but it may be that, it, that it's a continuous transformation. And then other organisations, smaller, uh, you know, perhaps not that geared, if that's the right word, to the changes required, they may do it in chunks. So it will definitely have a start and end date. But, yeah, it's um, for me personally, I'd, I'd like to see um, transformation as definitely a continuous program of works. Uh, I think it's really exciting. I, I love it. And, um, yeah, I, I'm passionate about what technology or the digital solutions can actually provide to organisations. So this time last year, Gen AI and, you know, ChatGPT came very much to the fore and it seems there's not a day that goes by where, where people aren't talking about. So what impact do you think AI, I know AI has been around for a long time, and, and Gen AI will have on the industry? You know, do you think this is, is something that should be wholeheartedly embraced by CIOs or is it something that, you know, we, we should be a bit more cautious around? I, I think there's an element of caution that you need to apply to anything like this, really. But, I mean, I, I see AI and Gen, Gen AI as the most exciting and disruptive technologies uh, that are transforming the IT industry at the moment. Um, you know, I, I just see it as, yeah, it should be embraced wholeheartedly. I, there's a lot of benefit to the businesses, uh, of, of the modern businesses, uh, and even the ones that aren't modern, they really need to come up to speed 
uh, with what it will do for them. Otherwise, they will be left behind and may not exist in the future. So I've, um, you know, it, it's significant, it's multifaceted. And, and what I've found is that it, it can increase productivity and efficiency. Um, you know, have the people in the business focused on the exceptions to the rule or exceptions to the norm and let technology take care of the rest um, or let them take care of the norm, I guess. Uh, enhanced and creative um, innovation, it just gives a wonderful opportunity to not only technical people but non-technical people as well. Um, I mean, in the technology space, I can have AI now writing programs for me. Uh, I, I actually tried it with a, um, an API and it was very close to what, what was needed. The things that were missing were the things that I didn't actually uh, ask for. So you've got to be quite specific, but, you know, it, it's only at the beginning of it really. Yeah. Um, who knows yeah. where it's be this time in 12 months. I'm sorry, you were you were going to say something no, else. I was going to say, I think wholeheartedly embrace it. Have Be cautious about it, but wholeheartedly embrace it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, Peter, tell us a bit about your approach when it comes to collaborating and influencing um, for IT within the organization. You know, how, how do you collaborate with the leadership team and, and really drive home the value of IT? Yeah, I, I think um, like any uh, function within a business, you've got to build trust. You've got to build trust with the CEO, with the business leaders, with the C-suite, start collaborating with those guys, partner with the board, uh, look for the opportunity, and you'll get the opportunity to partner with the board when you have the trust of your other peers in the organisation, and in particular, the CEO. And, um, yeah, start that partnering process. Uh, foster a culture of collaboration across the organisation. You don't have to just focus on IT. You can actually influence in, in the rest of the organisation and develop a broader leadership um, skill set so that you know that from within your own team as well, you can actually start getting that support because you can't do it on your own. None of this can be done on, on your own. You really have got to have the support of your internal team as well. And, you know, those skill sets include emotional intelligence. Read the room. Don't go barking on about something that, you know, the room is not interested in. They may not be interested now, but through a journey, you can actually get them interested in, in those sort of things. So it's, a, it's just collaboration, really, across the organisation, the boardroom and your own team. So what then do you think are some of the key and um, successful attributes of a modern day CIO, particularly when it comes to leadership? You mentioned that emotional intelligence piece. Are there any other attributes that stand out to you? Yeah, it's uh, vision and innovation. You've got to, it, it, that's the role of the CIO. You've got to bring it into the organisation 100%. Um, agility and resilience. I mentioned resilience earlier. I can't stress this enough, how much resilience is required through any sort of change, especially the modern change now where, where we are, it's a quantum leap for a lot of people, a lot of organisations. Uh, collaboration and alignment and then talent and culture. You've got to be able to attract great talent. Um, 
again, you know, there's not a lot of people, it's evolving. There's not a lot of people with the skills that you require. So what you want to be able to do is be attractive to the candidates that are out, that are out there. The, the role of IT has changed significantly. We've been pushing a lot to get to the, you know, at a leadership stage of the organisation. And that's why you can't just focus on the IT function. You've got to be uh, 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 holistic about your influence across the organisation. So just widening that out a bit, um, how do you think the role of CIO has changed since you first started out in IT? Wow. Uh, yeah, excellent question. Now I've got to think back quite a while. Um, <laughs> I, I really see uh, IT was, you know, I, I remember the term of IT operator. I never hear the term IT operator anymore. It's now business strategist, business partner, business analyst. That's one part of it that's changed. Another part from technology expert to technology leader and, you know, from cost centre to value creator. You know, I've never liked the term of cost centre. It it sort of always sort of pushed IT to an area where there was no influence. Um, So I think, you know, I, I... these changes reflect the increased importance and complexity of technology in mod- and like modern businesses um, or modern business environments and the evolving expectations and opportunities for CIOs. You can't get away with just knowing the technology anymore. You have to be a business leader. Yeah, for sure. And I love that from cost centre to value creator because it definitely... Uh, you know, I've definitely heard that from a lot of CIOs that they are very much driving home the value of their their teams and how they work across the organization. And um, so, look in your previous roles, can you tell us a bit about you know how your strategies for getting the best out of your team? You know, creating that internal culture that really makes your team feel like they're they're growing and developing. What kind of things have you put in place in in previous roles to to make your team team thrive? Yeah, thank you for that. Um, I, I think first and foremost is in, increasing cultural diversity in the team. Uh, it brings a lot of a wealth of knowledge to the team overall. Um, it also in, it also promotes, uh, I, I guess, that the diversity supporting type of team where. Um, you then can start attracting the talent that's out there and competing with some of the best organisations. Mentoring of staff, 100% necessary. Um, I, I, I thrive on the knowledge that there are people out there at the moment who have started, you know, maybe at the right at the beginning of IT, usually it's the help desk or user support um, type role, and they're now CIOs or IT leaders in large organisations, reputable organisations. So that mentoring about the, their career development, and then that obviously leads me into providing a, an employee development program that also brings people in, and it also makes sure that you've got this productive team. Um, I, I can I can actually, actually use an example on this one where there was. A large team and, um, you know, it was the team took it upon themselves to look after each other. And if somebody was struggling and weren't as productive as they normally are or they're, you know, you you can tell when someone's not on the ball. 
And um, the team would actually bandy around this person and help them out. But they wouldn't do it for too long. So, you know, it's one of these things where we'll help you overcome the challenges that you're going through, but you need to help yourself as well because we're not going to keep doing it for you. So that sort of culture, I think, worked amazingly well and it was a super high productive team. So you mentioned their diversity and obviously, you know, the more diverse your team is, the, you know, statistically, the, the, the better performing it is. And you also mentioned uh, internships and other ways of getting people into the organization. Are there any other practical things that can be done to attract people from different backgrounds, different communities into IT? Yeah, so fostering a culture of collaboration, uh, developing a broader leadership skill set, uh, as I, I did mention that earlier, engaging and, and empowering the team. Uh, when, when people see that you're that type of leader that you're actually encouraging, and, you know, let's face it, I mean, we all make mistakes. So, in, you know, in, embrace that and say, well, okay, let's, let's learn from that. And it may not be just for that person who made the mistake. It may be for the broader team that we actually learn from that. Um, and you, you sort of, you know, you, again, you're creating that safe space so that people can actually uh, try again. People won't try again if they get reprimanded for making a mistake. Um, there are possible reasons why we don't have enough diversity in IT roles, uh, and it can be, a, you know, a lack of representation and role modelling. Uh, you know, people may be coming from a... Um, you know, it, it, say underrepresented groups, and they don't have a role model that they can actually uh, look at and, and aspire to learn from. Um, there can be bias. This can be conscious and unfortunately, and sometimes it can be unconscious, probably even more unfortunately, because you don't even know you're doing it. Uh, and discrimination. So, you know, I, I think working on those sort of things with the leadership team, with the in fact, with the entire team, so that if there is any of that sort of thing going on, call it out, deal with it. Uh, and then the skills gap in education. Again, underrepresented communities may not have the opportunity to build the skill sets that are required. So, uh, you know, I I've hired people based on attitude. I, I haven't gone with, you know, you have to have this skill set. If they come in and they show me the attitude that they are willing to learn, We'll take them on and we'll teach them. Great to hear. Um, now, you mentioned mistakes earlier and, you know, often we do learn more from our failures than our successes. So are there any things that stand out from you, from your own career that, you know, in hindsight, you actually learned a lot from it and it's shaped you as a leader? Yes, absolutely. Um, there are plenty of them, but I'll focus in on, on a few, a couple of them. Just um, so... Um, I would say, you know, you, you, you sort of come out of uni, you, you've learned something new, you think you know it all, and you don't listen to feedback. So I've, I've made that mistake, I haven't listened to feedback, and therefore I've missed an opportunity to develop what those things that I don't know, so making the assumption I know it all. Um, another one is probably not, once I got into people management, is actually not delegating effectively. You know, telling someone or asking someone to do something is like telling them to do something rather than delegating to uh, follow up 
learn from it, develop the person that is is uh, doing the task for you or, or you know, looking after a project. Um, and one more, probably not embracing change. I, I did mention this one earlier, you know, like we're all people and we get threatened by change. Uh, so I, I would say they're the ones that, you know, mistakes that I've learned from. I have learned from those and I'd like to think I'm a better leader because I've learned from those mistakes. Absolutely. So then, you know, what's some of the best career advice you've received, Peter? Or do you have any advice that you'd like to give to people who aspire to be a CIO one day? Mm, yeah. Uh, best advice was probably the detective who pointed me in the direction away from, not, not that there's anything wrong with the uh, role or a job in the police force, but I absolutely love what I do. I'm so passionate about what I do. I'll, the gentleman's name is Dave, and I'll never forget Dave for the advice he gave me. Um, later on, um, I, the, the bit of advice that I got was never stop learning. So I, I just feel that, you know, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a geek at heart anyway. I always go back to the roots, and I, I, I'm very curious about how things work and how they can be utilised. So never stop learning. And I would give the same advice to any aspiring leader and maybe a slight difference on it, be a leader, not a boss. And I, I think, you know, you, you may already be a boss. Well, you know, start transforming into being a leader. Yeah, for sure. It's not the title, is it? It's, it's an action verb rather than a, a noun, um, being a leader. Um, so, um, you know, we're almost finished with 2023. It's been a big year. What's important to you as, as you head into 2024? Great question. Fantastic. Um, it would have to be to be part of an organisation and a leadership team that understand understands its customers, is curious. It's not enough for the CIO to be curious. I think that leadership team need to be curious uh, and understand the value of transformation and continuous improvement. Um, I really believe that leaders who are curious are more open to evolving trends and technologies and how they may be applied to grow the business. Um, I th also think learning about and understanding technology trends such as Web3, AI, um, overall AI, blockchain, and importantly, the integration and cybersecurity implications for all of those. Um, I think we're at, at the stage where integration between those uh, evolved or evolving technologies is going to be huge uh, for businesses over the, um, in, across many industries and globally. Well, I look forward to catching up with you again, Peter, when you're in your next role. Thank you so much for joining me on CIO Leadership Live today. Thank you, Cathy. It's been an absolute pleasure and thank you for the opportunity.